What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 242 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for, what is it, Friday, January 28th, 2022, 7.49 p.m. I don't know why I'm giving you all this information. Wow, yeah. that's a lot of information. <laughs> oh, my God, Mike, you sound different. Uh, I actually had a plan to impersonate Mike the entire time, but I know I can't do it. This so is this this is, this is a good Mike impression right here. Durr, oh. durr, durr. That's Mike. Josh, I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't think that was a very good Mike impression. No, I'm just joking, Mike. Uh, Mike, uh, as I said in the podcast group, which you can the link to that to join that our podcast group is in the description of uh, this episode. Whoever Mike died. After he got his uh, COVID booster shot. Um, it's really sad. It's the first case of someone dying from a COVID booster. So. Yeah. I mean, it's true, though. He did. So, I mean, uh, and, you know, life moves on. And I just found out today. And, and um, so, yeah, Liz is uh, here from the Perhaps It's You podcast. Um, like I said, the old timers will remember that me, Mike, Liz and Samantha um uh, got together way back when and we all did an episode together and it got completely fucked up because uh technical problems and so yeah because we don't know what we're doing it's all, it was all us and i apologize again right so we had to do the episode all over again and um it was like uh probably 35 percent less funnier than the first time yeah at least yeah because like you know we had to reuse some of the jokes and act like <laughs> oh, oh that's the first time i've heard you say that so hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Plus, um, you know, let's just let, let's let's be honest here. The dead weight is gone from uh, from both. He's, li- of- he's literally dead weight now. Well, you know, and Samantha, too. So, I mean, it's, oh, oh, Samantha is not dead. I think our listeners all know where she is. And that's at a titty bar in Mexico. Oh, OK. So I was going to ask Liz, um, we always do this at the top of our podcast. What's been going on in your life, in your podcast life? Like, what's what's everything? Wow, that's that feels like a lot of pressure. Um, we just started season seven. So our podcast, because it's, it's newer than your podcast, obviously, you guys get all the credit. You started it first, but... You ripped us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, so we're a rewatch podcast. So we go in order that it's like currently streaming online. And we talk about every single fucking segment. So we just started season seven, if you're watching it in that format. That's on like Amazon and YouTube and Tubi now. That's got to be kind of exhausting. Like how long are your episodes, your podcast episodes? Uh, Obviously you would know, Josh, because you listen to every single one. I I I stopped listening years ago. (laughs) Wow. It's really painful. But um, they're like like a minute 15 usually. A minute 15? Yeah, like a minute, maybe an hour and a half. Depending. Oh, you meant an hour 15. Oh, yeah, a minute 15. Uh-huh. A minute, and we managed to talk about an entire episode of Unsolved Mysteries in a minute and 15 seconds. It's actually an incredible feat. I mean, yeah, that just that just sounds a little bit lazy to me. I mean, we wouldn't exactly do ours that way. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you how to do it, but... Uh, Look, we're different, okay? No, I'm sorry, I definitely meant an hour, about an hour 15, hour and a half. I love, and again, you can pretend that you don't listen, but I know you listen to every single one. I love that uh, there's there's some uh, cliche out there about uh, podcasters, but it's so true. That's why I agree with it. It's like um, podcaster does an uh, episode talking about the show that's actually longer than the actual episode of the show. 
there. Yeah, I think, well, once you add in the comments, so we do like a pretty fairly detailed summary. So you don't have to necessarily have just watched the episode. So once you have that, like plus our comments and plus just me like bullshitting and rambling about random things, then I mean, obviously it's going to be longer than the show. Obviously. Well, I just like the sound of my own voice. So the more I can get of that, the better I, th- I feel. That's what you're really going for. But if you guys are doing the if you're if you're rewatching every episode of Unsolved Mysteries on the Amazon or whatever on the Amazon, um, that means there are so many shitty segments that you have to cover that you wouldn't want to talk about normally. I feel like. I don't know. I think that we would really prefer to skip a lot of the depressing ones, but. Well, that's like 90 percent of the show. What are you talking about? Like, I, I mean, I keep saying it, but I never want to talk about the orphan train again. But, um, you know, the, so for some reason, without really thinking about it too much, we, we've we made our bed. We started this really on a whim. And for some reason, you and Mike, you know, God rest his soul, told us to keep doing it. So here we are. Oh. I think it's been like four years now that we've been doing it. Something ridiculous. And now we're on season seven. Nice. Well, and then also there's kind of the thing, which I mean, I guess the problem's going to hit us too. Um, there will be an eventual end to your show because obviously there's a finite amount of. I feel like that's so far away, but by the time that happens, Samantha probably won't even talk to me anymore. Like there'll probably be some other reason why the podcast doesn't exist. Ah, or she'll, true. Or she'll just go to a titty bar in Mexico and she'll never come back. Why is so. Samantha at a titty bar in Mexico? Uh, this is a, I don't know why I'm using a joke from our show that your listeners won't know, but this started because the best excuse I've ever heard for someone not being where they were supposed to be is that my husband, Mac, in school was supposed to be like working on some project or something. And he like went to the library or whatever uh, to meet this guy. And then he called and he was like, yeah, man, I'm not going to be there. I'm at a tea bar in Mexico. Oh, Wow. So, um, which I think is a pretty good excuse. So whenever, there's been a couple times when Samantha couldn't do the show because she has like more shit going on than me. And honestly, it's fair. But I always say that that's why. Though I think Mac once said it was because she was arrested for robbing a Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. Mm. We're spreading a lot of rumors and Samantha doesn't deserve it. But just the life of a podcaster, I guess. That gossip mill is running. I find it's best to to create artificial drama, to hyperinflate, over-exaggerate. I love making blanket statements. I'm a huge fan of that. Same, uh, same. Big fan of assuming people's intentions without even like knowing or talking <laughs> to them a day in their lives. Big yeah. fan of that. I think you kind of need to for a podcast, I guess. But. I've, I've gotten into this thing, this new thing recently. Like if, if it's an unsolved case that we're talking about, I love coming up with like this uh, outrageous scenario of what actually happened and saying like, like just definitively like, no, Mike, this is what happened. <laughs> the guy was secretly gay. Uh, the, the, his, the sister knew she was going to out him. So that's why he killed her because she found his porno his gay porn magazines under a floorboard he got mad he that's the only explanation of what could have happened and that's a that's a sad story you just fucking made up i feel bad for that guy well, you and know that, we're, and his sister well we're we're not dealing with kid glove stuff here you know i mean we're dealing with a very murderous a very murderous show that that literally made me paranoid um as a kid that i still i mean yeah i still have I to this it, day it's, it traumatized a whole generation of people. I don't think Samantha actually watched this growing up, so I don't know what her problem is. But oh. have I have I ever 
told you about the moment that I fell in love with Samantha? I don't believe so. So I know her because she runs a book club. It used to be a true crime book club, and now we just kind of read stuff that's weird. But um, back in the day, we went to the Minnesota Science Museum because they were having a forensic science night. And it was kind of, once we got there, kind of just like a mystery, whodunit, murder mystery kind of thing. And Samantha was clearly disappointed that it wasn't more like gory. I don't know. But we're just like going through the thing. Like you look at stuff under a microscope and blah, blah, blah. But then she gets to this table. There was different forensic scientists that set up tables to show you about, like, I don't know. um, What is the word I'm looking for? Ballistics or uh, fingerprint analysis or stuff like that. And there was one table for, like, uh, analyzing decomposition and corpses. And so she walked up to the table and there was this like binder that the guy was like being really like, maybe you don't want to open that because that's where all the like dead bodies were. And um, she opens it up, and it, the first picture is literally like maggots eating a guy's eyeballs. Holy fuck. And she was like, oh, thank God, this is what I came here for. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my wow, God. this, I was like, wow, this girl's a fucking weirdo. Let me, co- let me add her to my collection. <laughs> Who, like, she seems like so practical. So, like, she has her shit together, right? Like, she seems, she seems on the up and up. But she actually wants to see maggots eating a guy's eyeballs. And I mean, that's when I- honestly, in all fairness, like if I, if I encountered someone like that as well, like I would instantly be like, yes, like that's <laughs> who I want to talk to. I was like, OK, well, I guess I guess we're friends for life. I guess you can't get out of it. I'm actually a little jealous that she said something that like dry and witty. And I didn't think of that, even though I wasn't even in that situation to where I could have said it. <laughs> I'm like still jealous that even though I wasn't even there to have been able to say a line like that she still said it instead of me that's how deep my narcissism runs i know oh Oh, i'm familiar yeah i mean yeah any podcaster is pretty fucking narcissistic (laughs) i'm actually here with a secret agenda which is to let people know that despite your bravado that you're actually a gentleman i don't think the word has gotten out yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your cover. A few of our female listeners know that I am quite the gentleman because I've been talking to them for literally years, and and much like you, who who said the other day, quote, "You've never said anything creepy to me the whole time we've been messaging each other." So, congrats, sir, you're a gentleman. Yeah, that was a sincere. That was a rare sincere statement for me. Which I did, you know, possibly shouldn't be commendable, but it did occur to me, like, wow, that's a that's a really good track record. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sad. It's when you encounter one of those situations where it's like, congratulations for doing something you're supposed to do anyway. But yeah. as I've seen, being a karaoke DJ, uh, no, uh, that does need to be said a lot of times because a lot of people uh, don't know how to do what they should be doing anyway, which is not being animals and appealing to their lowest um, urges or things that they want to say or do or whatever. Um, Well, I deal with drunk people too. So that's also a factor, but I mean, the bar is on the fucking floor, but people do find a way to get under it. You know, like they'll, they'll dig a tunnel if they have to. Yeah. Like uh, the gig I was at yesterday, um, it's this Irish pub and um, they're doing this thing with the bathrooms. Now I am actually loving it. I'm loving this aspect of uh, whatever the, 
social change that's going on. They're making both the uh, men and women bathroom. They just say whatever on them. So either ba- it just says bathroom on both instead of men okay, and women. Yeah, sure. I don't know if that's a thing in uh, wherever the fuck you're from, Timbuktu or wherever. It's uh, Minneapolis, and it it absolutely is. Thank you. Okay, cool. It's a very queer friendly city. I'll have you know. Well, well, good. That's that. That 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 make <laughs> that fills my heart with uh, with joy and absolutely joy, knowing that if a man is in what once used to be the men's restroom, I can just use the fucking what used to be the woman's restroom and not have to wait. So I'm loving that, but I'm going to the bathroom that used to be the woman's restroom. Just violence in there. The sink is almost is nearly ripped out of the wall. The toilet seat is like almost unhinged. It's it's got like it's hanging on by like one nut and bolt to keep the toilet seat on. It's just wiggling around and flopping around everywhere. There's a hole in the wall that looks as if someone got pushed through it. I mean, just everything in, in this bathroom. Like, why are people so fucking what are they doing in here? It doesn't even get oh, that crazy in here. That I'm sorry. That was me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what, were, my, what were you doing in there, Liz? What I, exactly? I had my reasons. I don't really want to get into it. Okay. But, All right. Yeah, it, it was a hard day. Don't judge. Yeah. So uh, anyway, bar being very <laughs> low, people are, are trashy humans and so forth and so such. And therefore, I don't know. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see some of that in the in your case that you're bringing up today, actually, as a transition. Oh yeah, this is a oh, look at you. It's almost like you uh, just mentally knew to take the baton from Mike as the segue master, because Mike is always <laughs> just in jujitsu like maneuvering, uh, segueing, taking things that I say and segueing into the actual episode. Um, I mean, well, we're we're really gonna miss that about him. Yeah. Do you think they'll put that on his gravestone, Segway Master? Um, I think it'll be more to do with like his uh, massive, unreasonable uh, VHS tape and DVD uh, disc collection that he has in his room. Is he, is he going to be buried with that? Dude, like an Egyptian pharaoh? They're, what they're probably going to do is just remove the VHS tapes from one of the bins and throw his body in the bin. And then just that's oh, cheaper than a yeah. casket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he got buried with all of that stuff, it would literally be like like at least five plots that they would have to purchase, and just one really long headstone that took up, you know. <laughs> well, it's shaped like a VHS tape, right? It's just like a giant yeah, VHS and tape. It's like per- here lies Mike. He was the Segway master, and and his ego will be taken to the grave with him because he will want carved on this long headstone every single title that he owned, so other VHS wow. tape collectors can visit him and go whoa he owned the first pressing of uh, God, I, the see this is why i'm not a movie guy i can't even I, yeah. movie couldn't even come to my head just then jeepers creepers he owned the first print run of that wow that was a that was a true vhs tape collector right what there. a what a movie directed by a known child monster good thing he had that wow what was it now <laughs> Yes, it really was. See? He's a con- convicted child molester. Yeah. It's usually... It's just- <laughs> Sorry. To- Sorry to bring everything down. I just like can't think of anything else. I, I-, I always think I'm going to become one of those VHS people, but then I just can't handle the storage space. I can like tell I- you, I just, uh, during the pandemic, uh, and then like really towards the end of 2020, um, I was a retro video game collector. I had a yeah. shit ton of Super Nintendo games, 
a lot of regular Nintendo, um, just uh, just random games of all all genres, all systems, and all that. And I just uh, was looking at them one day, and it's like, you know, this one game is worth like two hundred and fifty dollars. It's literally sitting here. I can emulate it online for free. Why don't I just take the two hundred and fifty dollars? So I sold it on eBay, and I I just went into a frenzy because I was like. There's gold yeah. in them there hills. And I just literally started selling off all my games. Um, and then I kept a few. And then I was like, well, why do I need these either? Because I can just play these on an emulator as well. And so I sold those. And now I am like so phobic of like collecting shit and just having shit like pile up in my house. Yeah. So like no offense to you, Mike. I mean, you're dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. But um <laughs> No offense to his ghost. No offense to his his spirit, but I would I I cringe every time I see someone with like a huge collection of just stuff. And I know it means something to them and all that, but I all I can think to myself is like you're going to have to move all that stuff one day. Unless yeah. you, you know, unless it's a house you're going to live in for the rest of your life and all that then fine. But for me, I'm renting, you know. One day I'm going to I'm going to move out and I do not want to pack all that shit up. And then it's stuff that can get stolen. You know, if you have like a party at your house, they're small, easy to, you know, I'm, I'm less concerned about that because I, I like to think I'm not friends with any thieves. But I don't know. It's just it was nice. And as soon as I sold it, I don't miss a single bit of it. So anyway, you feel free now. Uh, Yeah, I, well, I feel I feel a little bit lighter, a little bit less fettered by the uh, hmm. the, the mortal condition to collect shit. I get really jealous of those people that set up their basement like a video store. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that uh, angry video game nerd guy does that. James Rolfe. He has uh, it literally. I, would l- I love that. It, like he's got like that that wood paneling and everything. Like it literally looks like an old mom and pop like video store. I think that's amazing. So anyway, this is a show about unsolved mysteries. <laughs> Unlike uh, Liz and Samantha, me and Mike just throw it against the wall and see what sticks. We're picking random segments from this season, random segments from this season. Uh, we talk about the forbidden segments, which those are basically segments that they took they took out of the Amazon um, Netflix runs for whatever reason. Sometimes it's legal reasons. Sometimes it's they couldn't secure the rights for the uh, actors' likenesses and all that shit. Um, so there's quite a few um, segments that um, are missing from the Amazon and Netflix ones. So we just go all over the place. And um, the case that we're going to be talking about today is that of John Addis, a true piece of shit, which is he is not the first nor last. No, he's a real dirtbag. I hate this dude. Yeah, he sucks. Um, he's like he's just like the worst kind of. Uh, just that guy, I, I I use the bar a lot as, as an analogy for a lot of things in my life because I just spend so many times, so much time at bars with my job and everything. He's just that like fucking big, like brooding douchebag at the bar who just thinks he can take whatever he wants and like the rules don't apply to him. That's the, this guy strikes me as, as that personality type. Yeah, the absolute worst. Yeah, the entitled prick that he is. Anyway. Sergeant Jim McCann and John Addis worked together as detectives for the Alaska State Police in the 1970s. At the time, he was married to his first wife, Jody, who later divorced him because of domestic abuse. The couple lived in a cabin in the remote woods that didn't have running water or heat. Addis enjoyed... Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, really. Why would you do that to yourself? 
Not only do you not have running water, but it's with him. Yeah. Everything about it is terrible. It's just a horror movie. I mean, you're halfway there in Minnesota. Why don't you tell us what it's like? No running right. water or heat. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you you don't have to rub that in my face. When what what, te- what was the temperature today? Uh, in Jacks, it was fifty two. Oh my god! Hey, it's cold. Yeah, yeah, it's negative ten here. Oh, dude, see, life shouldn't be able to <laughs> exist in those conditions. What is that? It was forty yesterday, but how does life time exist time. below zero? Yeah. Good lord. Anyway, um, so this couple lived in a shitty cabin. Addis enjoyed hunting caribou in the Alaskan wilderness, but he was also a talented young detective with a mind for forensic science and murder. Uh, I added that last part. Um, I mean, he has he has a mind for forensic science because he could literally just go, well, what would I do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, well, I've been in this exact situation because I'm a total D-bag. Like, what would I do yeah. here? And then he can catch the criminal because it's also probably like someone he knows. He, he probably he probably caught himself like saying that to his fellow police detectives. He's like, he's like, what, I mean, what would I do? I mean, a murderer. Uh, <laughs> hypothetically, guys, obviously it wasn't me. I mean, you know, what if they got blood on their shirt and they washed it out with this very specific, uh, you know, alcohol something solution that uh, only a killer would. Anyway, um, so, yeah, dude hunted caribou. Who cares? Uh, he was so gifted that he instructed law enforcement from all over Alaska in crime scene analysis. What's the crime situation like in Alaska? I mean, I have no idea. Like, are are people escaping the scene of the crime like sledding away? Do they sled away? Do they like, like ju- overturn a trash can lid and like like what do they call it a uh, sl- fucking bobsled away or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they use bob. You mean dog sled? Not a bobsled. Just th- like in the Olympics. Th- throw. <laughs> Okay, here's another thing that um, Mike has to deal with me is like my brain is usually like 10 or 20 percent hung over by the time I do a podcast. So like words just get thrown out of my mouth and you have to just kind of make sense of them. Well, obviously, I am perfectly eloquent and articulate and I've never said the wrong thing or mispronounced anything. I mean, I'm very professional, so I can't I just can't relate. Right. Yeah. And you totally don't like take your mistakes and make merch out of them like with bad <laughs> reviews actually printed on the merch okay. you're selling. Those are not mistakes. Those are just things people have said, maybe negative things about my voice that I have turned into cold hard cash. And I'm pretty sure that's just business. Josh. Oh, damn. Look at you. Yeah. Doing, that's the old reversal. They're throwing the punch. You're grabbing the, the hand and twisting the wrist behind them. getting Absolutely. Getting them into some pain. Absolutely. I'm all about it. If if I would recommend, and I recommend that to podcasts all the time. If you get like a really shitty review, find a little phrase on it that's funny and put that on merch and sell it. And you'll feel so much better about it. Once you actually get money from that, you won't even care. Yeah, I did that one time. We had a guy say something along the lines of, at first I thought you guys were really annoying and I couldn't stand you, but now I listen every day or something. And I made that the cover photo to our group for like a month or two. <laughs> that's amazing. That's yeah. great. I, I don't know why someone would feel compelled to say that, but. Yeah, there's this one guy we that we have called um, Eggman because uh, he literally, <laughs> his face looks like an egg. He's just 
Okay, okay. Bald, old, white dude. Uh, du- Literally an egg. Double Got chin it. for days. And he uh, he started going off on me for something on, on our group. Like he joined our, it was like a Trojan horse thing. He joined our group a- acting like he was like digging it, but he just wanted to join the group to like shit talk me specifically. And um <laughs> flattering in a way like you really got under that guy's skin oh yeah so anyway like we so yeah we made a whole Eggman uh cover photo thing and we uh he said i promoted my band too much so like i went out of my way to like take like two minutes out of the (laughs) podcast right in the podcast and like promote my band even more i would do that i'm so petty i'm so like any little thing that people are like liz please don't do this i'm like i well sorry now i have to do it more like you shouldn't have told me yeah that's just how it works i mean that's the Mm. that's the best way to do it so anyways john addis guy um at the time no one knew that he was also physically abusive and controlling towards his wife jody one day addis got into an argument with her and she said she wanted to leave him and she jumped out of the car and in the reenactment, she actually does jump and do a nice little tuck and roll. Um, Power to her, man. He, like, that is scary, intense bullshit. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Was, I, it, was it really on a gravel? Bro- oh, ugh. Everything about... The, hearing this woman talk about her abuse was just fucking heartbreaking anyway. But the the guts it takes to just, like, yeah, tuck and roll out of a moving car because you're like, I cannot be around this guy one more second. I'm not even going to wait till he gets to a stoplight. Like, we're done. Yeah, and then you got to think, like, he's thinking in his mind, like, okay, I'm a detective. The optics of my wife jumping and rolling out of my car (laughs) does not look good. I can't can't have that. I can't have her walking to the next town being like, yeah, my big hotshot detective uh, husband, I just couldn't stand him so badly. I had to jump out of the car while it was moving. Uh, Those are not good optics for Mr. Addis. So, of course, he chased her down and threw her back into the truck. Uh, However, that's kidnapping, right? Yeah, that has to be. I don't know. Maybe Um, I I, I, I'm the law and I say yes. In Alaska, uh, you you can do whatever you want. I think that's just probably because if you're crazy enough. I've never been to Alaska, so my apologies to listeners in Alaska, but I assume yes. You know, you know, what just like kind of annoys me is like a pet peeve is like. You can bring up anywhere in the world, and there's always going to be someone that goes, oh, that place is beautiful. It's great. It's very underrated. You should really blah, 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 blah. And it's like, everywhere can't be great. Some places have to suck. <laughs> like, I just wish someone would be honest about that and be like, oh, yeah, Nicaragua, fuck that place. It sucks. Everything about it sucks. It's hideous. Don't go. But no one, you know, you always got something. I mean, people, generally people like where they live, Josh. Yeah, well, shit. Talk to any Jacksonvillian that besides me, and they're just trashing this city all the time. I See, like okay. Jacksonville. See, but you're you're doing it to them. Like they just want to admit it sucks, and you're like, no. Here's all the the underrated things you're missing about Jax. Okay, I didn't invite you on here for you to like, <laughs> for you to like make me look like a fool in front of tens of people. Okay. I thought that's exactly why you invited me on. No. And and because Mike's dead. Mike's death, yes, but. You were supposed to be the, uh, the, the, I don't know, I, maybe the, the rebound co-host. I don't know what. Oh, okay. Like, All right. until I find, uh, or Mike m- might, uh, be able to be resurrected. Who the fuck knows? Oh, int- that's interesting. I'm not sure I'm aware of a podcast with a formerly dead. Yeah. Form- formerly dead. Mike Brown has returned 
like a, 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 a Jesus-like return. Now, see, that comment will piss off some of our listeners, uh, compare, like comparing the fact that Mike could have uh, resurrected. See, but I don't care. Um, anyway, jumped out of her car, chased her, but she was somehow able to escape after John Addis threw her into the car. Um, but however, she was able to escape, and at that point, Alaska, the uh, state of Alaska was like, yeah, okay, we'll grant you a divorce. Uh, your fractured collarbone from tucking and rolling from a moving car because the guy was just that insufferable. Uh, okay, at that point, we'll let you have a divorce. Yeah, it's sad to think that that, you know, not that long ago, it would have been hard to get a divorce from this guy. Yeah. Like, spousal rape wasn't even a crime until, like, the mid-90s, so. You know what's, uh, you know what I think is, like, the, the funniest thing in the world is when these these uh, very naive and short-sighted people will post things on social media like, my grandfather and grandmother stayed together until they, their death. Why don't people stay together anymore? And it's like, uh, I don't know, because if, if my grandmother had divorced my grandfather back in the 60s, she would have been shunned. She would have lost, like, all of her social currency she wouldn't have been able to like vote uh i don't know if she could have owned property uh you kind of had to stay to get that like literally that was the best bet for a woman back then that was your only choice it was well you couldn't have your own bank account you couldn't have your own credit card like my my one set of my grandparents did get divorced in the 60s and it fucking sucked like my mom like her friends like wouldn't go over to our house anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like yeah, they were the the I don't know scapegoat. Maybe that's not the right word, but yeah, they were like shunned by everybody in town for getting divorced. Yeah, I, I love I love that. Whenever I, whenever I see, but why don't people stay together like my grandparents used to? It's like, uh, yeah, because people have choices now. They don't have to stay with like pieces of shit that they don't get along with. <laughs> so after the divorce, Addis quickly remarried. As you would, if you're that kind of guy. And his personality turned from bad to worse. Because uh, I feel like he always need like, he, he has a very small dick energy, so he, he needs to have someone to constantly control, I feel, to give him a sense of self-esteem. Clearly, because this just, like, keeps happening. And obviously, he can, like, turn on the charm for a limited amount of time. Like, as much time as it takes to convince a woman that he's actually, like, a good catch. But then it's like as soon as she's kind of like as soon as it gets kind of hard to leave and he's like, great, now I can be my true asshole self. How bad do you think it pains him to hold back his anger when he's in his nice guy mode and the girl's like, oh, I got a fart really bad. Hold on, you know, like in public or something. And he's just like, oh, my God, I can't wait. I wonder if he like he just just like loves that he's tricking them like he gets off on that. Maybe he's like, oh, little does she know I'm such a dick. I just know how I am uh, when I show up <laughs> when I show up to a gig and I'm like slightly hungover and uh, people are in like a really good mood and I haven't you know like I'm just super pissed off and like I'm trying my best to hold it together enough to even fake smile at people and underneath the surface I'm just like shut up shut up all of you stop having fun yeah like I just want to yell that into the mic and just have like the record skip and like the music stop and everyone just be looking at me and there's like veins like bulging him anyway i don't know that you really want to compare yourself to this guy but you already did yeah kind of but but hey you did say unprompted at the beginning of the podcast you did say i was a gentleman so i did but now you're like trying to prove me wrong i guess but see but you but you did in this example you did hold it together and not just start irrationally screaming at people yeah exactly it was difficult though that's why (laughs) alcohol helps you know it's hard holding it together. It is. 
It is. But has anyone ever jumped out of a moving car to get away from you? No. In fact, I, I wanted to jump out of moving cars to get away from other people. Well, yeah, yeah. So um, Addis remarried and his personality turned from bad to worse. He abandoned his wilderness lifestyle, became a middle class homemaker and soon quit his job at the state patrol. He was extremely abusive towards his third wife. Um, <sighs> then he abducted his four children from the first marriage and fled to Michigan, where he was involved in several robberies. This guy's a catch. Uh, he was eventually. See, I feel like this. I feel like every single guy on Tinder is like some version of this guy. <laughs> but holding a fish. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't. OK, I, I we've made this plea. I mean, I haven't dated a one billion years, but this plea comes from people I know and from listeners. It's something we talked about on the podcast, like in your Tinder photo, straight men, you do not need to be holding a fish. Like, don't. Don't relate to yourself to a cold, dead fish. It's not sexy. You cannot have a shirt on for another reason. Ugh. It's it, it's not working. As a man, I try to show woman <laughs> I can provide. Here is fish. I, I, I think just men don't have that many pictures of themselves. I, that's me being generous. I don't really know why this phenomenon exists, but I'm just... I'm here as a person that you're not going to date anyway, but hey, I don't think it's a great idea. This is a man that is showing you that he is the hunter provider... <laughs> I guess. For your settling, <laughs> nesting self. That's what he's sure, trying to show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just like the guy who is shirtless flicking the camera off with both fingers is trying to show you that despite what people may think, he doesn't care what they think about him. Someone once sent me some guy's photo that he was like shirtless but eating a bug. Now that's that's a wild card. <laughs> you don't know what that one. You might want to give that one a shot. Or a guy that was just, like, naked in a field of flowers. <sighs> These people are out there, and you might date them. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if I... Well, I have stumbled upon uh, pictures of uh, chicks holding the head of a dead deer and, and grabbing it by the uh. an- antlers, turning the deer's head towards the camera as they're smiling. I'm like, yeah, that's a bit... That's a, that's that's going to be a no for me. Uh, there's, there's deer hunting and... In Florida? Hell yeah, it's huge, and especially North Florida, yeah. Really oh, big. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I, I assumed everybody was just riding alligators to work and stuff like that. No, no. The al- Well, the alligators, they do creep up sometimes, and you hear about it on the news that they'll creep up into some suburban backyard and, um, you know, all that. You just don't. Well, you just don't want to go into that alligator roll that it does once it grabs you, and then, then you're, oh you're kind of fucked. This is my biggest fear. So um, this John Addis guy was eventually arrested and he served one year in prison for parental child abduction. Uh, that seems light. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does. I, don't know that, I don't know that it really would have helped. I don't know that it would help anybody, but it just doesn't seem like that very long. Now, if he was, well, he moved to Michigan, but they, they obviously knew that he was some big hotshot uh, police detective in Alaska. Yeah. So that probably went a long way for his uh, sentencing. You're probably right. Good old boy network and all. Um, over the next decade, he jumped parole in Alaska and went, oh, no, so he was sent back to Alaska, right? Because that's what, it, yeah, so it definitely helped. If he was in the state where he was Mr. Top Dog, probably a bunch of people up there owed him favors. So he jumped parole in Alaska and went throughout the United States posing as a fitness instructor, screenwriter, and novelist. Oh, so he's gone from like this, this <laughs> mountain man. Mountain man hunting caribou. Now he's this artsy, very thoughtful novelist and screenwriter. 
Wow. He's he's trying to figure out what women want, I guess. He thought they wanted, like, a um, brawny paper towel man. But now he's like, no, I'm going to be, like, super cut. Um, I'm going to be working on my novel. Like, I'm going to wear those those circular glasses that Steven Spielberg wears. I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women love those. Uh-huh. I'm going to have uh-huh. a, uh, a self-portrait that's in black and white with my, um, my chin resting on my closed fist as I look straight into the camera. Yeah. yeah. Oh, why have I? I'm, okay, that's a great idea for some promo photos, though. I should get me photos of me and Samantha doing that. Wouldn't that be so good? I could see you rocking the circular glasses. I just think maybe black turtlenecks, hand on the fist. Yeah, right on the chin. The yeah, wearing yeah, like... Yeah, um, yeah. Hand on the fist, hand on the chin. Just like we have like a shitty early 90s improv troupe. Or it's like Kenny G's first album cover or something. I don't know. Absolutely. So anyway, this guy was a master at changing his identity, which helped keep him above the law. In 1995, he obtained another identity, John Edwards, who also ran for president back in <laughs> 2000 and what, four? Uh, a couple. I think he did a couple times. He was the senator from North Carolina. And he cheated on his wife, who was dying of cancer. Also, okay, I don't know if people really remember this, but he was like extremely youthful looking. And I was convinced he had found like a fountain of youth and was not telling us. I mean, he's like much older than you think he is. I mean, it's probably possible that he was just younger. So I I thought that was very rude. Even before the wife cheating thing, I was like, John, tell us where it is. I mean, especially being like a, a like a, a Caucasian male, like like Caucasian men do not age like great. I have a touch of of Mediterranean from my mom. She was half Italian, okay. so I'm a quarter Italian. So that that is going to help my aging process. I feel like it already has, but like purely crackery like, men they they do like 100 percent white uh they don't age so great i like i like that you added men in there you weren't just like liz you're gonna age like a banana left in a hot car like, just get get used to white it. women it's it's uh <laughs> it's a wild card it could go either I mean, way it would yeah no it would help to have a little melanin but that's that's not my fate no you especially not you you're <laughs> no, it's not. you are whiter than snow what can I say? It's my shameful truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, um, he was a I said that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, which helped him keep him above the law. In 1995, okay, John Edwards. Okay, fuck. Got me thinking about all this other stuff. During that same time, he met uh, divorcee Joanne Albanese, and that's where everything went wrong. At a Las Vegas gym. So uh, he told her that he had. What do you think a Las Vegas gym is like? Uh, there's got to be at least one slot machine in there, right? I would hope so. Like, like whenever you're like wherever you do your sit ups, like when you go up, you can like pull on the lever okay. of okay. the slot machine, I'm and then you, a, you go back I'm down. I'm not even you go a gambler, again, you know, and I would can... do that. I would do that. Would you do that? What? Why is my Skype making weird noises right now? I don't know. It just went beep boop. Let me see what. Let me look at mine. Uh, uh, I can still hear you. My recorder is still recording. Okay, whatever. It seems okay. Would I do that? The uh, yeah. slot the thing? Sit up, the sit up and sit up, pull lever. Sit up, pull lever. Well, I can tell you right now, I don't even buy those gas station scratch-offs, so I'm not really... 
I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler either. But there is something to the novelty of that that's appealing. Like doing it once, you know? Yeah. yeah. But then it's like you got to spend like if you're really going to like gamble, you got to you got to take out like 500 bucks to really like hit all the tables. And, you know, I have never done that. I don't know. I mean, I've never, I got I got married in a casino and I've still I've never st- taken out five hundred dollars and been like, let's go hit those tables, baby. Well, no. well, then did you really get married in a casino if you didn't do that? I mean, for years, I used to say that it only counted half. But I think at this point, we've been together long enough that it probably fully. I'm not even sure it might count full. It might count as a full marriage. Well, all right. <laughs> silence like Liz I'm not gonna get involved in whatever the fuck that was that's see that's a sort of joke that's like very funny to me and then other people are like okay sure you know we were we were on such a such a winning streak with this episode I'm sorry it was it was all going so well look you seem to be handling Mike's death very well I have to say you're in a very grounded emotional place but it, it really hit me and I, I'm just having a little trouble managing my emotions. Well, I mean, you know, it's like a, it's like I like to tell people who have asked me about Mike's death, you know, over the past few weeks. You know, it's like uh, he, it was just his time, you know, so you can't really be sad about it if you look at it that way. You know, it's like, yeah, he died. It was his time. And, you know, things move on. Seasons pass. And, you know, I mean, there's really no point in being sad at all about it. You know, he had a very full life. And I mean, mostly from knowing you and. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, I I took Mike by the hand and led him through my various karaoke misadventures, my various wedding blunders, my awkward female and sexual encounters, um, my my social guffaws, uh, all the all the things that 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 Mike wasn't able to live. I I was able to I was able to let him live vicariously through me. Wow. What a true friend you are. Yeah, I know. I know. So anyway, uh, Las Vegas gyms. <laughs> this guy, John Edwards, as he's hitting on Joanne at the gym, which is a great place to hit on someone. Because, I mean, you yeah, know, please. Oh, my God. Please don't. Please don't. You, I don't. Uh, you got no. your you got your glistening abs out, you know, and, and women these days. Oh, my God. The skin tight shit they wear to gyms. Jesus Christ. But you feel so sweaty and gross and. No. Are you trying to seal the deal right now? Because uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a dirty old man. <clears throat> I yeah, I know. I this is I know you're beyond hope, but I'm trying to reach out to some of your listeners and suggest that maybe the gym is not the place that women would like to be hit on. I'm just gonna put that idea out there. Liz, you think our listeners go to the gym? <laughs> That's just a joke, guys. Calm down. Calm- yes, some of you are seems, in very great you know, shape. I've, I'm not. I don't saying- know what that egg guy is up to. That guy. Yeah. D- that guy has not even heard of a gym since like Eisenhower. I don't know. Um, he so <laughs> did Eisenhower love the gym? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He, everyone knows that about Eisenhower. Anybody who knows anything about Eisenhower knows he loved the gym. He had one of those old like 1920s gyms with like the big medicine ball that he tossed back and forth to someone else. That thing you see in cartoons, it's like a belt that goes around. Yes. And just, like yep. shakes you. Well, yeah. Like, I don't know what that's supposed to it do, gets, but I want. Gets rid of the belly fat, don't you know? 
I don't think, I think if that worked, we would still use it. That's just a hunch. I just remember the only women I would see in the stock footage clips of those, they were already thin to begin with. So I'm like, I don't know what are you, are you, are you buffing your, 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 your abdomen to make it shinier or something? Cause you really don't need it per se. I don't know. Maybe they just were trying to get stronger to fight back their abusive husbands. Man, if people hated our podcast before for the chit-chat and going off the rails, they're going to love this episode. Um, they were just waiting for me to come along and derail it even more. Well, get used to it, everyone. Mike's dead, okay? Yeah. He's not coming back. Yeah, and I mean, I might just go on a big podcast tour and just have a new guest host every week. But I'll probably just circle back to Liz because she's li- literally the only... Po- other podcaster I'm friendly with. Well, no, I'm, I'm friendly with um, Zach from the um, Star Wars um, Knights of Vader podcast. So maybe maybe he'll jump in. He's, okay. he's actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back and forth. He gives good talk. He gives real good talk. Is that supposed to. Am I supposed to be jealous right now? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, one weird. <laughs> so. So when we did our, our uh, collaboration back in the day where it was me, Mike, Samantha, Liz uh, one of our listeners, I forget who it was, and I knew this comment was going to come. I, I was just waiting. They said something to the extent of, I wish the four of you guys would date or something what like that. What does that even mean? Like, uh, like, like as a, as a polycule? N- no, like, like <laughs> Mike dates oh. either you or Liz and then I date the other. Like they wanted us to be in like this, like, like double dates or start dating not, or something. Not like a four way. No, not like a four way. Like, yeah, some weird. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I don't see that happening, but they can keep dreaming. I mean, it's been, uh, so, I mean, it's been like what, two or three years since that happened. It seems like if that would have happened, it would have happened two or three years ago. I mean, Samantha, I think, was engaged when we did that and has since gotten married. So she's even more elusive, I guess, at least from a legal standpoint. Um, And Mike's dead. And Mike's dead. (laughs) So that makes him very hard to marry. And I'm just kind of hard to be around. So I don't... I don't think that's going to happen. It was that person 12. Like, what a funny thing. I know. Was it some Partridge family shit? And that's another thing. Why couldn't they have, okay. they just said, hey, I wish you guys were all, like, related or siblings or why did No, what they should have said is, I wish you guys drove around in a van solving mysteries. And I would have been like, me too, bitch. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. It still would be awesome. Now that we could do. <laughs> like, yes, I wish that is what I, could we also buy and sell antiques and drive around and solve mysteries? Because then I'm even more in. We need to rent a booth at, com- or uh, the podcast con that's coming up, Crime Con, and, and like split the cost half and half. And like it's one booth, but it's like partitioned into like halves. So it's like between the two of our podcasts, we attract enough fans to, to warrant being here, but uh, we, we couldn't be here on, uh, you know, just one alone. But then we also refuse to acknowledge each other on the other side yeah. of the petition. Yeah, exactly. No, we don't. We never talk or make eye contact the whole time. And when people bring up the fact that, oh, it's really weird, like there's two different podcasts on one booth, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Like the Ramones used to drive around in a van, but they hated each other so much. It had like little partitions in it so they didn't have to see each other. I just, that, every, that could be us. every time I hear the Ramones, I just think of the bass player's uh, solo album and how cringy it was and how I can just never look at them as being cool again. One of them made a pasta sauce. I can't remember which one. I get them mixed up. So the bass player apparently was like half German or grew up in Germany. And he actually did a rap on his solo album in German. 
Oh, that's really cool. And it was like a late 80s solo record, so you know that 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 it was that kind of like, you know, I can rhyme on a dime because I'm right in time. I'm from Germany because I'm cool as can be. It was like one of those cheesy old oh. 80s rhymes. It was, But he was doing it in German. It was really cringy. So anyway. Wow, that's so hot. Yeah. Uh, I apologize to anyone who was like, get to the fucking story. Um, I'm having fun. I th- I, I'm assuming Liz is having fun, too. I don't I don't feel I need to ask I, that. I, I, I feel bad saying I'm having a good time and because of Mike's death, but yeah, I am enjoying myself. As long as you just keep telling yourself it was his time to go, you'll feel better about it. It's just part of God's plan. So anyway, this John guy at the gym, um, I'm almost forgetting his name at this point because that's how long it's been since we've talked about this story. Um, John Edwards currently. Yeah. Hitting on the lady at the gym said he uh, no family and was never married. Um, At first, Joanne and John seemed very happy together. However, cracks soon emerged in their relationship. John paid for nothing and lived off to Joanne's earnings. Oh, how many guys do I know that have done this? Um, what a what a catch! Love it. So at this point in the reenactment, they're like at the mall and they're like eating sandwiches, and and the John John guy's like he's like picking at a sandwich. He's like, hey, they got something wrong, and and the Joanne says something to him, and he's like, would you shut up? Like, but it's that really bad unsolved mysteries reenactment dialogue, you know, where they're trying to keep it like PG and all. So he's like just like yelling at her like would you shut up it was like the most unrealistic um you know like uh what's my motivation in this scene oh you're just telling her to shut up but you know in an angry stepdad kind of way okay got it you know um so i feel like even without the abuse and the other shady things going on this is no you dump someone that does this oh yeah 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 some some guy ever or or some female or woman or whatever if anyone ever barks at you like that if you're just like i mean unless no. unless they have like a fucking spear in their side or something <laughs> that's the only time it's appropriate for them to bark something like that at you but if they're no. like seemingly perfectly fine um, i like that they're a mall food court apparently eating food she paid for yeah and he's having a hissy fit over his milkshake yeah 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 it was like poking at some some aspect of his food <laughs> how do the writers even come because it's like we have to display him being abusive and turning into a dickhead how do we do that i don't know they're like in there in the food court or something and he's like picking at his like <laughs> sandwich and they didn't add pickles or something and then she says like well do you want me to go and check you know get you a different thing and he just says would you shut up perfect gold on to the next segment maybe that's something they accidentally witnessed at a mall that's haunted them (laughs) yeah i don't know my uh, uncle i've never i've never said this before because it is it was kind of traumatizing uh, I used to hang out at my cousin's house all the time when i was a kid like my cousin was like my second brother basically and um my uncle got like was in the down the hallway i could see him um he's arguing with my aunt about something and he like had a thing of a dozen eggs like in the carton or whatever in his hand and he like just threw like he chucked the eggs like at her and it hit the wall now as like the whole carton yeah and as a kid i remember seeing that and and that was really traumatizing i like ran home and told my that's very disturbing yeah and i told my dad and and my dad i think if i'm remembering correctly my dad called up my aunt his sister and he goes don't don't do that stuff in front of my son don't you know but but it's like 
It's not my aunt's fault. You should be saying that to my uncle. He was one. I'm hoping that it was my uncle that he said that to, and not my aunt, because it's like she was a victim in that. It's like, hey, yeah, don't yeah. don't let don't let um, your husband hit you in front of my son. It's like, oh, okay, I'll I'll just tell him to wait, and you know. Yeah, yeah. I have so much control over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I definitely will. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Your poor aunt. But at that moment on, I I said when I saw that, I said I'm going to be a gentleman. If I ever start a podcast, <laughs> oh, it worked. It was a formative experience for you. Yeah. Um, Joanne and her friends started notice start to notice that John had a hair trigger temper. He was also controlling and abusive. On August nineteenth, nineteen ninety five, Joanne vanished from her home in Las Vegas with Edwards. Authorities soon learned that Joanne was planning to turn down his marriage proposal and end their relationship the same day that she vanished. In the reenactment, like, her kids come home, and they're like, hey, mom, we're home. Can we order a pizza? And the mom was nowhere to be found. So sad. That is sad, because, like, I've, I remember how it was coming home from school and being like, hey, let's do something fun, and blah, 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 blah. And it would be, I would have been devastated at that age if, like, my mom just wasn't there. That was, like, always my biggest fear is that my mom or dad would just go missing. And it was probably from watching this fucking show at a young age. 100%. Because I probably would have had those thoughts. Other, Why would a kid have no. that thought? My parents yeah, were happily yeah. married, you know? Why would I think that? Unless I watch this fucking show that is also my favorite show. So it's a it's a blessing and a curse, really. Um, well, I hate that. So she goes missing, and I don't remember exactly how long before she's reported missing officially. But the cops are like, oh, they probably went on a romantic weekend together. And I was like, without her purse, without her jewelry... Like, the kids are telling you there's a problem, and the cops are like, oh, I'm sure she'll show up. So fuck you. Yeah, I don't know. The crazy thing about, the, like, those kind of situations are is, like, as a cop, how many, you know, like, how people are with, like, calling the cops. Like, there's some people out there who will just call the cops at a dime, like, a at a moment's notice, like, drop of a dime. They're like, oh, shit, going to call the cops. And it's not. What if they haven't done that before? There's no reason to think that that would be like the first one. But I'm saying, like, I feel like after a while, cops get so like conditioned to like these false alarms that they're like, yeah, okay, got another one of these missing, okay, and then they what? They're gonna come back, you know, and then. But then after like three days or so, um, you know, shit started looking bad. So they're like, all right, well, let's take this seriously. And the that's when her car was found abandoned in a canyon near Prescott, Arizona. But no other trace of her was found. Police uh, discovered that a truck parked outside of Joanne's home belonged to John. Strangely, there was no record of the license plate. When they searched his home, they found a wallet that was duct taped shut. <laughs> that ought to keep him out. I like that that's something definitely someone on the up and up would do, right? Yeah. I have a lot of d- d- wallets I've just duct taped closed. And then I write nothing to see here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not evidence. Look elsewhere. Yeah. Advert your eyes. Top secret. No boys allowed. That's what I write. Wasn't this guy supposed to be like this master, like forensics investigator they guy? Act like he's so fucking smart. They're like, this is not a stupid man. He was like a top cop and bought. And I was like, I'm not impressed. I wonder. I don't know what you're talking about. I wonder if in prison they're like, uh, yeah. So how did they ever find out it was John Addis? Oh, they opened up your duct tape wallet. It's <laughs> like, oh man, I bought the anti opening duct tape. That infomercial was a lie. Buy a safe, dude. What? They must have used one of those Ginsu knives to open it up. That's the only knife that would work. 
Um, police discovered that chart parker blah, blah, blah. Strangely, there's no record of license plate. They found the duct tape wallet. In the wallet, they found Alaska identification for John Addis, which, which they learned was his real name. They suspected that he had been angered because Joanne was breaking up with him. So he killed her and then disposed of her body and car. Um, on October 9th, 1998, uh, Joanne's remains were discovered over three years after she disappeared. About a mile from where her car had been abandoned, Addis had been charged with Joanne's murder, but remains at large. That's what I understand. I brought this up on the podcast all the time with Mike. You know, you, you, you watch those Unsolved Mysteries cases where the cops are literally ripping up swatches of carpet, dumping luminol everywhere to see if there's any traces of blood left behind and they're canvassing and they're doing this, that, and the other. Here, this woman's body was just a mile away from the fucking car. Cops didn't think to do any kind of like a dragnet or any kind of a search or anything like that. I don't understand the inconsistent police work in some of these cases. It's just whether or not they care. Like, but she was a white woman. They're supposed to care. Well, probably, probably she needed to be like related to the mayor or something. If you want that like real extra attention, you need someone that actually gives a shit, or you need to be yeah, like related to a senator. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, there are there are those forensic files where it's like we found a key, then we went around town and we tried it in literally every yeah, single lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like we d- like they just did stupid above and beyond shit that like. It's like, goddamn. Most, most people, they don't really care. I mean, thankfully, you and I will never have to worry about that. We're <laughs> podcasters, and, you know, thousands of people would be upset if we went missing. I know that if I if I mysteriously vanish, that Samantha will avenge my death. And honestly, that will bring me comfort in my last moments on Earth. That would have made this whole living experiment all worth it. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, you got me, serial killer, but Samantha's coming for you. So the results of this, uh, he was captured in November of 2002. Um, wow. I, w- I thought he was I thought he was dead. John Addis? No. Well, I mean, he, I'm sure he's dead now because this show's like 30 years old, but. Oh, the update when I watched it said he was dead. Well, I, well, hold on. He might <laughs> he might not be dead for those who are still on edge. I wanted to share an anecdote about how I was in like eighth grade in 2002 and how interesting that was, but never mind. Oh, I hate your youth. Okay. What? You're older than me? Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't ask. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe I, maybe I am. You you see the, you see the inherent chemistry here, people. Aren't you glad that Mike's dead? (laughs) Maybe. uh, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but. Wow. Uh, I definitely didn't switch out the booster last Yeah, night. you you definitely didn't switch out the booster from the uh vaccine to homeless people spit. Um def- definitely didn't do that. No, I didn't do that. That's weird, Josh. I switched it with poison. Oh yeah, I don't I don't go around collecting homeless people's spit either. So anyway, in November 2002, investigators learned that Addis had been living in Guadalajara, Mexico. I'm proud of myself for pronouncing that name like flawlessly without knowing that that word was coming up. Uh, living in Guadalajara, Mexico, and had taken up a uh, with a 26-year-old woman named Laura Li- Liliana Padilla, 
Laura's family told detectives that she had fallen in love with the handsome American John Stone. Oh wow, uh. that's the alias he get. Might, well, might as well given himself the name like Spike McGun <laughs> Blast or something. Yeah. yeah, he's Johnny America. Yeah, John Stone. And uh, so she ran off with him in 1997. For for the following nine years, her family and the authorities in the United States feared that she might one day meet some horrible fate as Joanne, as as Joanne Albanese did, meaning being murdered. Uh, Sadly, on October 18, 2006, those fears came true. Laura, along with her two children, who are believed to have been fathered by Addis, were found murdered in their home in Chiapas, Mexico. The children were ages four and seven. Mexican authorities found fake identification cards and documents belonging to John Ass in their home. The family had been apparently living there for some time. The family had been dead for several days when the bodies were discovered. What the fuck? Yeah. I guess once you do it once, it doesn't matter. At, at that point, you're just a killer, and you can just kill again. You could kill your own children. That's what I don't understand, dude. I don't have kids, but I, I have a niece and nephew, and they are like the most precious little innocent things oh. in the world. And causing a child harm, I, I mean, you got to be on some level of demonic to do that. This guy's scum. Have you seen that um, Netflix documentary, An American Murder, the, with the about that um, that dish that douchebag? Um, fuck, what's his name? Anyway, he ends up killing his wife and two kids. I don't remember if I saw that one. I don't oh, you should you should watch it. It's it's really compelling because they have all this so, uh, social. Oh yes, no, that's the one that's like all found footage. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. 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 That's what was so yes. cool about it because it, you know, living in the modern times as we do, you can literally compile people's yeah. lives no, from these. It is very compelling. Like, yeah, she had like a, a vlog, or she did lots of like. I don't know, like Facebook stories or something. So there's all these videos from just like their house and with their kids and all these different things happening. And yeah, it's it's compelling, but really scary. Yeah, and he did all that just so he could get with some, you know, younger, prettier thing, you know. Yeah, and then like after he did it, uh, she ended up not being with him anyway. Sucker. Well, she probably was kind of suspicious. <laughs> Wait, your wife and kids were brutally murdered, and you're not like worried about it? No, huh. yeah, no, yeah, it's great, right? Now we can be together. It's like, uh, uh I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. Um, I, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, and, and they were killed. Uh, they, it doesn't mention this here, but the, they were killed with uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. So. I mean, okay, okay. Great reminder, everyone. Pause this podcast. Go check your carbon monoxide detector right the fuck now. Go make sure it's working. Don't push the little button. Make it beep, please. Thank you. Yeah, that message is only relevant to our northern listeners because no one down south has to worry about that because we don't have a we don't have heating like that. Well, someone somewhere cold will should do it. I should go do it. I only like to uh, bring up matters of uh, safety that uh, I can relate to. So (laughs) if I can't relate to it. If it's not about wrestling an alligator, then it's of no use. It's of no use. Yeah, it's of no use to me. Well, I suppose that is, yeah, a Minnesota concern. But it's very scary. 
No, that's how Weird Al Yankovic's parents died. They they both died at the same time, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning in their home. That's really scary. What kind of heating uses carbon monoxide? Is it like what? I don't get that. It's for a gas furnace. Gas furnace. Okay. I don't even know if I have. I don't think I have a furnace. I. I, It's just. uh, I don't know. I don't know how we do it, but. uh, Yeah, it's it's not a common thing. I might be. I might be totally wrong. I just. I just said that, but I think that's... Well, no, because I remember up north, um, they had because they have basements up north as well, and we don't have basements here. And uh, my my family up north, I went downstairs in their basement, and every time I did, I'd get lightheaded because I, oh, sure, I guess yeah. it was like a little bit of a carbon monoxide leak, but not bad enough to kill you. But I remember getting dizzy. I should probably get that looked at. Yeah, probably. Um, so the FBI has learned that John Addis, using the alias J. Charles Peterson. <laughs> These names are so fake. Uh, J. J. Charles Peterson, that's when he was in his novelist screenwriting phase, I think, is when he was using that name. It's like, what's Elaine's boss on Seinfeld? J. Peterson. Yeah, J. Yeah. Peterson, yeah. I started rewatching that show. It's fucking brilliant. There are some episodes, though, that would not ever be able to make it on air nowadays. Like, well, no, like I just saw the episode the other day where uh, they're getting the deal with NBC and George and Jerry go to uh, Mr. Del Ripple's apartment to talk about the script. And then his 15 or 16 or year old daughter comes over and George like like cops a peek at her cleavage or whatever and uh, the executive catches him doing it and elaine is in the episode is like why are you looking at a 15 year old's cleavage and george is like it's cleavage I, my my eyes can't tell the difference you know between whatever the blah 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 and i'm like Ooh. <laughs> creepy I'll, i think wasn't jerry literally dating a girl in high school when that was being made so something like that I think that to him, that was very normal. Yeah. Well, perhaps. And then uh, in one of the earlier episodes of Seinfeld, George literally, literally roofies his boss <laughs> to get back at him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a few things you uh, couldn't get away with now. Um, anyway, uh, Jay Peterson Charles, whatever. Uh, had uh, He had passed himself off as a Canadian expatriate while living in Chiapas. Uh, Addis had been making a living there teaching English and tennis. Addis is believed to have checked into a hotel in uh, Guatemala City, Guatemala, on October 14th. That city is south of the Mexican-Guatemalan border, a couple hours' drive from Chiapas, Mexico. Addis's body was found in the hotel room on the 16th. His death was uh, suspected suicide pending further post-mortem reports and is being investigated by police in Guatemala City, although on the show they said it was a heart attack. Yeah. Post-mortem results proved his death to be from a heart attack. Oh, okay. I need to read further before I start making statements, apparently. Officials from the U.S. State Department assisted the Mexican and Guatemalan authorities in their investigation of Addis and his new family. Addis's true identity in death was proven tough through, through post-mortem fingerprint comparison. And I'm tired of reading. The case is now closed. Um, how, how convenient, though, right? Like, you would go to this hotel room and then you just happen to have a heart attack. When you probably should be thinking about killing yourself at that point, like you've literally like been evading cops for like the past, like over 10 years, you've killed like four innocent people. Uh, Suicide should definitely be on your mind at that point. But it's just so convenient that he would just happen to have a heart attack. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, maybe he took a potassium cyanide pill, but they would have found that in his system, though. 
I mean, I didn't kill him. I want to be very clear about that, but I am very glad that he's dead. I bet he ordered one. I bet, you know what? It was suicide, and this is how it happened. He ordered one of those KFC double-down sandwiches. <laughs> no, he got the bowl. What are you talking about? He got the the famous bowl that's just like mashed potato. I don't even know if they still Bro, like the double-down, instead of bread, they used two pe- chicken patties. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> hey, or at least I know I'm free. Yeah. In, Don- in Donald Trump's America, he was going to bring back the double down. Well, I mean, he probably will be president again. So that's something to look forward to. Well, John F. Kennedy Jr. has to come back first and, and make him, dub him uh, king of the universe or whatever. QAnon. Who remembers when John F. Kennedy Jr. was pantsless in George magazine? Because uh, <laughs> I do, I, and I, I doth assume not. that's I assume that's why people want him to come back. Well, the, the thing is, is like, don't do these people like not realize that JFK Jr. was a Democrat? It's uh, very confusing. He was not a Republican, so I don't like. I don't know why they didn't go with someone like Ronald Reagan. Like Ronald Reagan's going to emerge as like Emperor Palpatine and be like, "Ooh, Donald Trump, you are now president again." I, I can't. I mean, I, I haven't really tried to follow the logic. So. Oh, you don't follow QAnon? <laughs> what are you, crazy? Yeah, I'm sorry to put off your Q listeners by being on the podcast with my outrageous Antifa views. But I've been doing QAnon uh, drops this whole podcast. Oh, they're going to they'll if they skip every other word of what I said through this podcast, they'll know <laughs> what 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 the real truth is. That would take so much planning. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, not when you're not when you're good at it like me. Oh, sorry. it would take me a lot of effort. Well, yeah, well, you're say. you're a layman. You know, you you yeah. you you don't know the truth. My small lady brain can't. You don't know. You don't know that the storm is coming. I I mean, I think the world's ending. Does that count? No, you have to have the right world is ending thing okay, to be right sure, because yeah, i mean yeah. you know how many cults out there think the world is ending for this reason and that you know you got to have the you got to have the right world is ending and um you know i happen to believe it's it's uh you know whatever the fuck it's, QAnon says it's jf kennedy jr related yeah <laughs> okay essentially <laughs> Okay, do you still want me to talk about Absolutely. We're only okay. an hour and 11 in. These bad boys normally hit 145 or 2 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um Josh made the mistake of letting me pick what segment I wanted to talk about. So, I'm going to talk about the Magic Rock. Now, I think we covered the Magic Rock on a <laughs> Patreon bonus segment. Uh, we brought it up a lot in the past. I did a search on our little, uh, you know, through the annals of our podcast history, and I didn't see anything that said rock or magic in any of the titles. But I do definitely because, you know, this is one. Come on. This is this is low hanging fruit for any any. Uh, this is one of my fa- absolute favorite segments. Um, if you're watching in order, it comes up fairly early. This is now in episode, uh, season one, episode nine. They actually left that in the Amazon. Uh, oh, absolutely. Holy absolutely. shit. John and how, Terry, they. How could you live without this? Yeah, That's but. Yeah, history's just going to be the same. John Cosgrove and Terry Moore do not understand irony. So they must they must legitimately like have some kind of 
fondness for that segment because that's that's an that's embarrassing on a non-ironic <laughs> level on an ironic level it's the best segment in the show <laughs> we talk about this all the time listeners have sent me rocks that they suspect to be magic <laughs> well, I mean, this is, has holds a special place in my heart i re-listened to our episode that covered it which is called love this truck stop apparently hadn't heard that in a while and I was surprised to learn that I was a magic rock truther. And I completely forgot that I thought it was entirely made up. Well, you're uh, you belong to several witchcraft organizations. Um, this is what I know about you to be true. You're Wic- uh-huh. you're Wiccan. Uh, you uh, b- you probably do believe in the power of stones and houses and chakras and um astrology so it's not outside of the boundaries of reason that you would totally uh be into this magic rock that these kids found i i am sitting in the witch district of minneapolis right now so talking man we almost went by went through minneapolis uh, in 2020 that would have been so cool you could have come and met the queer anarchist witches of my neighborhood. Alas, you missed out. And I'm sure many of them would have been happy to talk to you about magic rocks. But this is about one specific magic rock in the state of Washington. And Robert Stack opens up by asking, could a rock have the power to change people's fortunes? You know, you know, before... Before he read that line, you know he was asking again, what? how much am I getting paid to do this show? <laughs> we, for some reason, always talk about Robert Stack on his yacht. I don't know that he, like, actually had a yacht, but I like to imagine him, like, sitting back on his yacht with, like, a hard drink. Like, okay, it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth me talking about this magic rock. He says that the next story is part Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and part fairy tale. It's kind of um, none of them. Yeah. Things. It's very, very misleading. Yeah. So it starts with two boys who find a large rock deep in the forest with strange symbols carved on it. Can I just say these two boys, like, uh, one of them is high and the other one is, like, way too grown up for his age. Like, a- I as they. I don't think he's high. As they comment on the rock, one is like way too analytical for how young he's supposed to be, and the other one is just like, whoa, it's crazy, man. Like, and the other one's like, I bet the Martians did it. Or maybe the Native Americans from this region carved these symbols and they mean something different. And the other kid's like, it's just far out, man. It's wild. <laughs> it's like, how did these two meet and become friends? I kind, it's kind of adorable. I realize it's a reenactment, and they're probably not really friends, and they probably didn't really say any of those things, but it is actually- All this really cool. happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is- That's exactly on- how it went down. They actually had cameras following the boys for an unrelated documentary. Yes. And they found this rock, and this is exactly what happened. This was going to be a PBS special, and it turned into something more. Yeah, it's what's called The Boys That Walk Down a River. Okay, so this was- Back May 14th, 1988. This is near the Canadian border in Washington. I would really appreciate some more accurate information so I could go look for the rock myself, but whatever. Um, And it's 13-year-old Jamie Parr and his friend Trevor Johnson. I'm not sure which one Josh is claiming. Oh, 13 years old? Oh, yeah, definitely high. Okay, so they're walking along what is apparently known as Tumwater Creek. Don't love it. Don't love the name. Tumwater? Yeah, it sounds like indigestion. (laughs) 
that's I'm a, not a fan. That's like I'm that's like if like a like a that's like that's like if a fifty year old spoke like a three year old. Like I got some I like bad it. tum water. <laughs> I don't like it at all. So Jamie wanted to show his best friend a special rock, which is a like nice reminder of what childhood was like. And one of them said, "Wow, that's neat. It looks like someone came and drew on it with a." Dick, eons and years ago. Yeah, that's Maybe. the kid who's who's way too old for his good. <laughs> eons and years. Okay. And then maybe Martians came and did it. It's really neat. It has all of the aspects of nature. And then they speculate that maybe it was carved into the rock with a space age tool. Yeah, any any anytime Liz said a line like such as it, it's really neat, that was the stoner kid. <laughs> it's really neat. any line that was like it was carved eons ago by the Martians or the the Native Americans. Of the, that was the kid who went through a lot of traumatic shit and had to grow up real fast. <laughs> oh, I, my heart goes out to him. So Trevor's dad, Steve Johnson, upon being told of the rock, felt, quote, an immediate need to go and see it. <laughs> <laughs> I have never felt an immediate need to go and see a rock. I guess that's kind of not true. Are you too young to know what the Nature Company is? Yes. Okay, never mind then. So, <laughs> maybe other people remember that it was like a mall store that pretended to like it was a museum gift shop. But they sold like rocks and fossils and shit. And me and my family would just go and like stare at all the They rocks. had the um, Discovery Channel store at the mall that was similar to that. Okay, actually, I think that might be what bought the Nature Company. Oh, well, yeah, then I've totally been there. They had... This stupid massage chair that was like a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a later incarnation. I don't think the original model of selling like binoculars and fossils and like glow in the dark stars you put on your ceiling. I don't think it was working. Anymore. That did that would dude. That was a store that could have only existed in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Like, I could not have loved it. More. That store, I think, literally just turned into like Wish or Alibaba Express. I, I, like, it just. I would love to. I think if I could travel through time, I would probably go back to a, a nature company. Shit, I'd I'd go to like a Sam Goody or Fye when they actually sold CDs. I, that would be. I would let's definitely travel through time and do some CD shopping. That sounds amazing. It okay. would be. So while we work on that. That was the only time I really felt. Could we go to a movie? Could we go to a movie together and then like get something to eat afterward and like stare at the stars listening to Mazzy stars fade into you? I mean, I suppose we could do that now. That's true. I'm not I'm not going up to Minnesota. It's too fucking cold. (laughs) Fuck that. What what about in the summer? Probably the summer. No, it's it's too cold still. (laughs) I want to get the word out that we do have a summer. It's not always negative ten degrees. Okay. You can ju- you can just come here. We have a nice little arts artsy fartsy district that you'll like. Okay, fair enough. All right, what movie are we gonna go see? That's a good one because there's no more good movies anymore. We'll have to we'll have to find somewhere that's showing like an old movie, and by the old I mean like the nineties, which is not what I would call old, but whatever. Yeah, the, unfortunately, those good like mid budget movies they just don't exist anymore in theaters, really. Yeah. Due to pirating and shit. Sad. You know what I'm really in the mood to watch is Chain Reaction. I don't believe. So there's an ongoing thing on our podcast where Mike will bring up a movie and I haven't seen it because I haven't seen like any movies apparently. So and now well, it's well, it's not. It's kind of not very memorable. But and I had completely forgotten about it actually until the other day. But 
It's just a very 90s movie like they wouldn't make anymore with Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman. And it's like just a thriller, but it's about like Keanu Reeves like made like cheap, a cheap energy source. And so like bad guys are trying to get it. It's just like it should just be called 90s movie. <laughs> nice. I'm sure Mike knows what I'm talking about. Oh, and yeah. He, he, Mike's spirit right now is just like chop, chopping like, at the bit like, to oh, butt he's in. He's like, I have three VHSs of Chain Reaction. Yeah. I, and I will be buried with that. I just thought but, it was weird how um, Keanu Reeves was in Johnny Mnemonic, which literally was just grooming him to be in the Matrix. Because it's to me, it's like a, such a similar kind of character. He did a lot of those movies for a while. I don't know why we were acting like he was like not human. <laughs> Sorry, Keanu. I don't know what that was about. We're like, we don't accept you. <laughs> You're basically a cyborg. Um, okay, so we'll go see Chain Reaction. That sounds great. Um, so, yeah, okay, yeah. What was I talking about? Let's let's talk more rock. <laughs> yeah, this is the opposite of one of those like classic rock state radio stations. Um. The dad where, couldn't wait to see yes, the rock. He was like, oh, my God, I have such a hard on to see this rock. So he goes and he sees the rock and he describes it as beautiful, which I thought was interesting. And that he also he felt like the rock had something to say. Oh, my God. Yes, he did say that. But he's not specific about what that was. And his wife, I'm not sure when his wife saw it, but she said that she had the most eerie feeling when she saw the rock, but also that it was good. OK, so now I'm starting to put put the pieces together. So the the father after the shit that he that he said, he's clearly giving weed to his son. <laughs> and that's I mean, his okay. the stoner kid was that that belonged to the father who was excited to see the rock. I would be slightly surprised considering the dad works at a prison, but maybe not. Maybe he's actually smuggling weed into the are prison. Are you kidding me? Everybody everybody knows that prison guards are the biggest stoners. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean but I to his own, but to his own kid though. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway. Yeah. So um the wife, Patty, also said, you cannot, you can't say the words that the rock makes you feel. I don't, okay. I don't think I want to feel a feeling that I can't describe. That sounds a bigger, a bigger, a bigger than you feeling. Well, that's not stoner talk at all, Josh. No, not shame, at all. Shame on you. Neither. You don't want to be, you don't want to be connected to the universe and things beyond your comprehension. You didn't see this, but uh, just just off camera, there was like this big ass bag of Cheetos next to both of them. <laughs> Maybe just just Look. munching, munching down. The, I don't know their lives. The and- dad's just like to the producers. The dad's just like, hey, hope you guys don't mind. But before I talk about this magic rock, man, I got sure am hungry. You can munch on these every now and then. Constantly. You imagine eating Cheetos right before being filmed for TV. <laughs> <laughs> so your face is like covered in orange dust yeah. and you're like got the Cheeto fingers. And it's not, a, not an appealing look. Okay. So um, after seeing this beautiful, magical, eerie rock, their lives took a dramatic turn for the better. They had been struggling financially previously to seeing the rock. Steve worked in a prison, like I said, and Patty was a receptionist. She obviously wasn't too happy. I think they had four kids and it, she would have rather stayed home. Um, so they were unhappy with their jobs, and then they had trouble paying the bills. They had come up with this really not great idea to open a small shop at the local mall to bring in extra income, and Patty quit her job to, like, manage the shop, and obviously, like, with the constructions and expenses and stuff, they ended up in, like, even worse financial shape. Oof, because that's not a great idea. But 
48 hours, a mere two days, Josh, after seeing this beautiful, magical, eerie rock, the mall called to offer them a larger space. And when they go to see the space, they're like, sorry, guy, we don't have the money to cover this. And he's like, oh, well, I'll take care of the inventory. Why? I don't know. Which, what were they selling again at this shop? Dresses. And so the mall coordinator, supervisor, whatever, is just like, oh, I'm going to buy all all your dresses for you. What I hear of more often is that play, that malls will give people places rent free because they don't want empty storefronts. Like, I know Mall of America does that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that like that's um, we have this mall in uh, Jacksonville called Regency Square. And when I was a kid, it was like one of the good malls you went to. And there was a KB Toys there and I had a lot of great memories at that mall. And as time went on, um, just blight kind of started yeah. happening at the mall and stores start. And, and yeah, it is it is a bad optic when you see just this blank space where a store should be. It, it, it doesn't look good at all. Yeah, and then there's less foot traffic, so less people come to the mall, so then the other stores start to do poorly, and it sort of is this domino effect. So what I'm guessing happened here is less magical and more that this mall was new, and maybe they hadn't gotten enough renters, so the owner was like, well, since you already paid for, like, the smaller store space, we might as well just move you to the bigger one. It'll look better, and it'll, like, attract more people, right? But, um, and also the store that's in the reenactment looks like shit. It's like dark and dreary. I would, I don't know who's shopping there, but whatever. So three days after that, the mall gave Steve a job managing the movie theater, which was a one screen theater. And according to the reenactment was just showing Willow. Literally, you could see Willow. (laughs) That was your only option. So I guess we'll go back in time. We'll see Willow. Have you seen that movie? Uh, Yeah, like a million years ago. What, What is it about even? It's like a fantasy movie. Okay. How how apropos. But for children. It's kind of like The Hobbit for children or something like that. Huh. Again, big surprise. I've never heard of it. People are probably really upset with that description, but it's like a fantasy action movie. Yeah, I'm sure you've pissed off a large Willow fan community out there. (laughs) Willow, how dare you? How dare you disrespect Willow? They're going to lob their copy, their VHS copies of Willow at your head next time they see you out and about. That's one of those movies that, like, when you're a kid, I don't, at least in the 80s, I just, like, thought movies that I had seen were therefore, like, really popular if I had seen them. And I just, like, didn't understand that, like, no, that was, like, not a big movie. That was actually a giant flop. <laughs> you, It just was for children, so you've happened to have seen it. Like, I really thought Rick Moranis was, like, the most famous actor in the world. And oh, my like, God. No, he's just in movies for children. Uh, d- uh, dude, say what you will, but Honey, I Shrunk the Kids just blew my fucking mind wide open. I mean, the special effects were really good. <clears throat> I mean, they were practical, and the green screen was convincing. I've seen much worse. On Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay, so Steve starts managing the movie theater and possibly only showing Willow. Maybe they showed other movies. There's no evidence to support that. In less than a month, he was able to buy the movie theater outright. Wait, okay. I, you know what? I, I have to I have to go back a second. You know, you're, you're saying how it's they're only showing Willow and how the st- shop looked like crap. You know what, Liz? You're right. I don't know. I don't know why they think it's asking too much to recreate an entire mall, like <laughs> real, true to life, with okay. all the movies that they'd be showing, an actual according store. To, 
according to Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, it really was a one theater, a one screen movie theater. And the first movie it showed was Willow. That's apparently accurate. Jeez, I wonder why the theater wasn't doing so good. <laughs> well, it actually, they did good. It was, they were so impressed with him as the manager that they sold it to him at some like bargain price. Oh, man, how you like load that film reel into that projector is just art. Uh, well, I, I, look, I don't know what he did that was so great, but these people loved him. And then three months after seeing The Rock, he then opened a candy store, his third successful business in the mall. The family is convinced that their good fortune is due to the magical powers of the rock. Okay, so I no longer think that this is all just made up to have a, a fun segment. Someone actually found for me a newspaper clipping from like the local paper of wherever this happened to prove to me that Unsolved Mysteries didn't just make it up. But I do kind of wonder, it seems like their good fortune is actually much more about the owner of this mall. Yeah, for real. God, like... Fucking <laughs> but they don't to give him any credit <laughs> for some reason they want to give it to a rock so i kind of wonder if they just didn't like the mall owner guy for some reason like he was abrasive or he said something they didn't like and they're like yeah like look like yeah he really did turn our lives around by letting us like start these businesses but i would much rather thank a rock than think him personally yeah you know that that <laughs> <laughs> it's I uh, I don't know man like that these people must have really wanted to get on TV really bad like like they it, seem so sincere talking about the rock too what see what didn't you say this came out in the first season at least it's in the first season now I don't know if it was originally aired in the first season but so that means that they probably hadn't even seen Unsolved, because Unsolved Mysteries, like, it was pretty popular when it first started, but it didn't, like, really start, like, getting, like, super popular until, like, a few seasons in, like most TV shows. So, they they probably didn't even, like, really know about Unsolved Mysteries that much. Um, I'm wondering if Unsolved Mysteries saw this little newspaper article. That's like, probably what happened. Family fortune changed by rock, or whatever the hell the headline said, and they were like, okay, like, like we need to look into that. Well, you, well, you got to oh. wonder, like, what horrific, like, murder, rape, child abduction story, like, preceded this Magic Rock segment to where they're like, we need something to to soften the blow of this episode because literally, like, three people were murdered and there's uh, a lost love and that never gets reunited and yeah. uh, a UFO, like, crashed into someone's house. Like, <laughs> we need anything. I know it's a lean week. Give me magic rock. Go, go with it. Fine. And put up the willow thing in the background because it's a fun child movie. Hopefully people like, see that. We can only talk about dead orphans for so long. Like, give me something happy. And it was this magic rock. So um, don't worry. Unsolved Mysteries had the rock examined, Josh. No, they brought and, in a professional. They did. I can't remember if he was an anthropologist. Something like that. And he determined that it was not carved by indigenous people and that it had no religious significance. He also apparently determined it wasn't magic, but I don't see how he would know. He pretty much just straight up said, like, yeah, someone just, like, made these markings on here pretty recently. Yeah, it's apparently... It means was, nothing. <laughs> it's a meaningless group. You guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> Enjoy your mall empire. Enjoy, yeah, exactly. Enjoy your wealth and your giant mall, but you're all stupid. Um, their good luck did continue. Uh, three months before this segment originally aired, the Johnsons were offered a five-bedroom house for four years rent-free rent in exchange for making repairs. 
So they were very happy to move. I think they had four children that were living in a small apartment, and they got to move into this big house. And uh, that's where the segment ends. Um, uh, Robert Stack says, most of us would call it a coincidence, but who knows? Sometimes the line between coincidence and something more mystical is an unsolved mystery. That man, I got you got to hand it to them writers to like really spit <laughs> spit shining a turd the best possible way they can. They took that straw and they spun it right into gold. It's like it's like debate class where you have to like argue for and against like the same topic, uh, and and. and so you're just like given this like awful story that is just not in any realm plausible. And the, and it's like, OK, make it believable. Make me feel. And they were somehow able to craft these lines for Robert Stack to say for you to not laugh it off the air. It somehow uh, was so warranted that they kept it on the Amazon re-releases um He's, he says it with conviction but he also gets that little twinkle in his eye oh i love he, it i love it when he does that where that's his <laughs> i know this is bullshit but i'm yeah. getting paid like smirk like i know it's almost like you can almost like not detect any facial movement but there still is yeah there is still something there where he's like look i know this is it's uh, you know they, <laughs> you, you talk about the sixth sense robert stack has it like where he can make a facial expression without making a facial expression. Yeah, he just projects it. He much. yeah, he astral projects his his bullshit meter into your mind and you know that he doesn't even believe it. Okay, Josh, if you had to own one of these mall businesses, a store, a theater or a candy shop, which would you choose? Oh, definitely the theater. Yeah. It's dark. I can run around and shit like when <laughs> would, no one's that there. Would be, that would be fun. Yeah. I can like do little barrel rolls down the aisles. I think I would eat all the candy if I ran a candy shop. Probably you get sick of it after a while, but I think at first there's going to be some serious inventory loss. That's going to be an issue. Um, well, the store was, store was really ugly, but maybe you could open a better store i don't know i think it'd be really hard to run a mall store that's not part of a chain i feel like no one ever goes in those no not unless it's like well let me think yeah those like those little mom and pop malls like stores that are like discount perfume or like oh you have, you have one of those in your mall too oh my god we have one of those in the uh we have two like big remaining malls in jacksonville one's the orange park mall and uh yes there is a store that literally just has a shit ton of perfumes yeah that see that's just gonna give me a huge headache no thanks i'm trying to think of what i would want to sell in my maybe i'll open a hot sauce store oh then you then you got the the store in the mall that sells like the ceramic eagles landing on the piece of wood with the american flag i don't i don't think i'm cut out to run that store either yeah you probably get a bunch of uh People who remember the good old days that weren't so good. Yeah. And I've sold soap for a while, so I'm definitely not doing that again. I just wouldn't want to work retail. That's why I chose the movie theater. Oh. I, I Like, the candy oh. and the dress store are both just essentially you're working retail. Like, no thank you. People are like, why does this candy store never play Christmas music? And I'll be like, because I fucking work here. That's why. Also, in my candy store, no children allowed. I, I can't stand kids. <laughs> Like I child, that's the name of the store. Child free candy. Yeah. Like the adults can go in there and peruse and browse without having the. Okay, I think you get around this by selling pornographic candy. 
So it's like literally 18 and older. So you're saying adults can only appreciate candy if there's some kind of sexual thing no, involved? No, I just think it would make it then by the law that kids couldn't go in. I remember there was this one news uh, story um, on our local news. I think I th- it was. No, it wasn't our local news. It was this news story, and this man opened up this restaurant, and it was like no children were allowed, and that was just the rule. And they interviewed the guy, and he just like he just like doubled down. He's like, "Yeah, I just I I, I don't like kids. Uh, they're loud. They cry. You know, they disrupt the meal. Uh, they're they're not allowed." Like he, That's kind of amazing. Yeah, I was like, dude, mad respect for you for not you know turning away from your uh, beliefs. Uh, so that would be my candy store. It'd be. Uh, no like eight, 18. Yeah. Well, no, I'll do, I'll, we'll do like 15 and above uh, yeah. that can go in. But any, especially any like, you know. I mean, I love a roller rink night that's like 25 plus. That's kind of amazing. When you're mixed in there with the kids, man, if I trip over one of those kids, I'm going to break every bone in their body. That's happened to me. That's terrible. I didn't break every bone in their body, but I've definitely fallen on a child that fell in front of me in a roller rink. That's terrible. Yeah. I don't want to be skating around with these kids. Granted. You feel, you feel like you're in so much trouble. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, you know, when you're a little kid, literally all your bones are just spongy cartilage <laughs> that can absorb anything. Well, also, people, I think, know that their kids are, like, just falling down, and it's probably not your fault, but you're just like, oh, my God, I probably killed a child. Wow. Fun day at the roller rink where I committed murder. Yeah, well, I don't have a kid, so, like, I'm hypersensitive to anything that I uh, do to a kid or anything that happens to a kid when I'm around because I'm, like, I, I, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and they're like, oh, it's fine. My, you know, my, I slap my kid around, or they fall down, or they do this all the time. And you know, as a parent, you just get. It seems like you just get to yeah. a point where just you're yeah. ah, no big deal. Everything's really nonchalant. But me, I don't have kids, so everything's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I, I made your kid cry or whatever. You know, like I don't know what I'm doing yeah. to make kids cry. Oh but. no, I definitely um was watching my nephew while he was on a uh, treadmill, and I was kind of like, I'm not sure you should be doing that, but I like didn't do anything, <laughs> and then he turned it all the way up and just went flying oh. into, a, into a wall. Oh, <laughs> and then I had to come back upstairs and be like, I think I broke your child. <laughs> oh shit. And they were sort of like, well, he knows he's not supposed to do that. And I was like, yeah, but I was the adult there. And I was kind of like, I don't know, man. That doesn't seem like a good idea. That's a, Yes. Yeah, that's another problem with me. I talk to kids like they're adults. I, I'll, li- <laughs> I'll literally be like, dude, dude, what are you like? Stop. Like, what are you doing? Right, I'm, I'm not like exercising any authority. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. That's probably not a great idea. <laughs> He's like flying into a wall. Yeah. Actually, I think I've used that same exact line. Like, yeah, you you probably shouldn't do that. Uh, Instead of saying like, no, stop. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I like to avoid children at all costs. Because I just, I don't, I don't know how to communicate with them. I don't know how to not be me. Because, you know, everyone always, oh, be yourself, be yourself. Dude, if I'm myself around kids, it's not a good scene. It is not a good scene at all. I, I like I like kids, but I also like a full night's sleep. So I can't mind. switch into a different mode. I can't. Yeah, you know how hard it is for me to not swear around my niece and nephew as it is? Well, yeah, that's an that's a issue. I mean, good issue. Lord. I mean, they're, well, they're still so young where I can still kind of get away with like saying like a bullshit or an asshole here and there. But it's going to get to the point to where... My niece, yeah. she's going to start saying, bullshit, I learned that from Unky Josh. <laughs> he told me I should say it all the time. 
Yeah, you're going to get in trouble, Josh. You are going to get a talking to. Yeah, I tried showing her one of my music videos one time, and I think it kind of scared her. And I thought it was totally fine. It was uh, our music video for uh, Stainless Static. It's just got like Stephanie is wearing like a robot head that we made out of like tinfoil and cardboard and shit. And I think that freaked her out. And I'm like, great. Just freak. I just traumatized my niece. Okay, but weren't you? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that either. But weren't you scared of just like weird random things when you were a kid? Yeah, oh yeah, no, I, I, I had a lot of really unreasonable fear as a kid. I don't know where that came from. One day I'll pay a therapist enough money to find that out, but... Okay, well, you and maybe talk about that egg thing, too. Eggman? <laughs> no, I met your uncle throwing those eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably bring that up. Um, this has been a very egg-centric episode, apparently. <laughs> it's eggs, oh my god, all the egg puns. After a after the Eggman incident happened, that's why you can call your movie theater excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that's so terrible. Jesus, you just try you just tried to merge two things together that just I did that that I did and it didn't work at it did, all. No, no, it didn't. And now I'm gonna have to resign from my po- podcast. They're not gonna let me record it anymore. It's gonna be hard to tell Samantha. We're closing up shop. It's done. We had an okay run, but it's over. Why do I feel like Samantha's reaction would be like, oh, darn. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, I kind of have other things to do. I just I just didn't have the heart to tell you. Uh, I've, got don- I've got a donkey to race, Liz. I can't handle this anymore. She has a donkey? She has a pet donkey, Alfie. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. As you guys might say it. Yeah, that's how I talk. It is. That's exactly how you talk. That's a really good impression of me. Oh, my God. That was Liz's response when I asked her to host the podcast today. I mean, I'm not from here, but I do talk like that more and more every day. So where are you from? Chicago land. Oh, same difference. Same accent. No, no one there talks like that at all. (laughs) The bears. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. All right. Well, I guess, uh. What what time are we at? Uh, one forty. Okay, we got a solid one forty something in there. That's a nice little chunk of uh, of us talking. For Should we have a moment of silence for Mike? Again, you have to repeat the mantra. It was his time. Wow, I'm so sad. So, I'm surprised it wasn't bigger news that the very first booster to kill someone was Mike. But that's it's just a conspiracy for you. Mike's a very delicate boy. Mm, yeah his it, he was he was too sensitive of a soul for this world i feel the same way about myself i don't no i know i i feel i feel like uh you feel like you're too good for this world it's like the opposite um i feel like i'm too good for like the bubble that i live in right now currently Okay. I need I need better situations. I need I need my my one of my songs, any of my songs, to be a hit. I need to be liked by everybody. Nobody specifically, but like everybody. But you don't even like everybody. No, I don't like anybody. <laughs> so what do you care? Well, I just need I just need just all need kinds the, of validation. Um, yeah, the validation. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. That's why I'm uh, kind of a man about town, if you know what I mean. Always out there searching for that validation. Um, all right, well. <laughs> That's why, also why you talk in a mid-Atlantic accent sometimes. Well, sometimes you got to, see? I never know. <laughs> never know when you're out on the street and you see one of these chickadees and you go, oh, 
We should bring that back. I'd like to. I'd like to give, take you off for a whirl. In high school, a friend of mine dated a swing dance instructor, and he did honestly kind of talk like that. That's uh, mildly, <laughs> it was, mildly it was disturbing. The 90s. It was the 90s, folks. There was that swing dance revival. Oh, I thought you were trying to say, like, it was the 90s, so it was at least kind of closer to the 1920s. <laughs> no. So that's why it justified it. Just, it. it was just kind of a thing. Well, it's only 70 that. years after. I mean, it, it stands to reason that there'd be someone <laughs> out so there. Old. Yeah. Yeah, well... Shit. All right. Well, uh, that was the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we did such a good job. Really, I'm really here just to steal listeners for my podcast, which is perhaps it's you. Yes. uh, Please plug all your stuffs. We release an episode every other Thursday. We're on season seven. You can listen to us on all of your favorite apps or perhaps it's you.com. And you can hear uh, me talk about these cases with the fabulous Samantha that now you've heard so much about. And for any of us uh, Southern folk listening who don't talk as fast as them highfalutin Midwesterners, <laughs> that podcast was called Perhaps, Perhaps It's You. It's You. Because like, Robert you Stack. Solve the mystery. Robert, he would. Perhaps it's you.com. Perhaps it's you.com. And Robert Stack would say that. I wouldn't. I don't need to tell you people this because you already know. But the, there are some people, and I get—I have gotten this comment before, and I find it really hilarious. Like, yeah, I don't even know what show you're talking about, but I just like hearing you discuss uh, and talk about these mysteries. And it's like, wow. That's, yeah, we got that sometimes. That, I find that very flattering that they would still listen to it. Oh, yeah, totally. But it's like, wow, dude, like, you're, like, missing half the the joy of our podcast by not even knowing the episode. Like, but all right. Um, but yeah, Robert Stack says that a lot in the show. He's like, uh, you know, we need that one vital clue from one of our listeners. Perhaps it's you. I thought it was funny when I first saw their podcast way back when I saw the name and I, uh, I chortled cause I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. That was Samantha's doing. Oh, nice. I uh, can take no credit for that. Wow. She, it's- she really is the, the witty one. She, she's the one with yeah. the, the, the big jokes. I'm the dead weight that she's just kind of pulling along out of pity. You're you're the you're the fast chatty one that keeps them distracted. And then Samantha comes in with that left jab of joke right to their jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Like a vaudeville duo. That's a good dynamic. Uh, Mike's the straight guy that uh, acts incredulous to every single thing I say. And then I just go as over the top as I can. That's kind of our thing. Well, and it's so sad that the podcasting world will no longer have that voice. I know. My, and Mike also is the diplomat. Like, I will make a big blanket statement about a large group of people, and Mike will go, well, not everybody in, in the group is like that. And I'm like, no, Mike, everybody. Every last one of them. <laughs> They're all the same. They got together and voted. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. But yeah, go check out Liz's podcast. Uh, you can become a Patreon of this podcast. You'll probably get this episode early, depending on how quickly quickly... Liz gets me her audio. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Um, for only $3 a month, you get the podcast early. For $5 a month, you can get the podcast early. And you can tell us what case you want us to cover. Last week was a Patreon, ex- well, not exclusive, but it was a, a result of someone on Patreon saying, hey, talk about these cases. And I was like, holy shit, these are good cases. Thank you for the suggestion. And it was, uh, you know. It was all they chose what we talked about. So that could be you. And next week is going to be a Patreon episode because um, one of our Australian listeners, Robin, 
uh, wanted us to talk about this specific, uh, I think it was like a 90s documentary about um, Elvis still being alive. So me and Mike are going to be delving into the king, baby, and how he's still alive. And man, these people are batshit insane. This is going to be a blast talking about That's this documentary. That's a great topic. Uh, we did a, uh, this was M- Mike's idea, a couple weeks ago, we did Vampire Clubs of the 90s and, and that whole movement. That whole, Excellent topic. Yeah, yes. that whole fad and trend or whatever. There was like this whole, like, uh, you know, it was probably like 1996. It, it probably aired on Fox. You know, it's one of these. Yeah. These, yeah. these, these I'm weird. Very familiar. Yeah. I these, watched all of those. Yeah. Yeah. That like you literally never see that type of content anymore. Like it was very specific to like that time period where they needed like a block of time to be filled. So they just, you know, do some random thing like those secrets of the magicians revealed part three, you know, like shit. Like I, I loved those. Me too. I thought it was great. With Mitch Pileggi doing the narration. And the guy's wearing like the weird mask because his identity can't be revealed <laughs> or else the magician Magicians community would beat the shit. Yeah, out they, they would shun him and then they would, uh, you know, like yeah. l- literally saw him in half. Um, so, yeah, patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. If you want to join our Facebook group, just go to Facebook, type in. The search bar uncover ex- fuck what's the name uncovering unexplained mysteries and uh, go to the group section um, and answer some questions and you too can join this lovely community of um, people who like our podcast for some reason um, and if you want more of uh, I would say me and Mike on uh, uh, equally but separately um, you can watch our YouTube channels Liz to my knowledge does not have a YouTube channel do you. I do not know. Damn. You got to get on that. What would I do? Just be you. Yeah, no thanks. Pass. Hard pass on that. Oh. Well, anyway, if you guys want to check out... I'm going to keep the show... Nope. I got to keep the nope. show moving along. Got to keep the happy feelings. Just going to move right past that one. Going to sail right through that statement. Um... If you want to check out my YouTube channel uh, for my additional content that is unrelated to unsolved mysteries you can go to youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts in fact uh the uh our don't you have a new song out josh why yes liz i do uh oh we, my goodness we released today uh friday january 28th released our new song still remains and you can see the, the new music video and the song on my channel i also do videos about a lot of music related stuff i do i've done some video game videos in the past i've done reviews i do all kinds of entertaining shit ow i just hit the fuck out of my elbow that sucked um so yeah go to my youtube channel and mike's youtube channel um if you want to watch his videos posthum- posthumously Oh, can I request a video? I think you should do one on when perhaps it's you jumped the shark. Can you? <laughs> could you do that? Uh, whenever I stopped listening was. I don't remember when that was. But, oh, um, God. I don't believe you. Oh, dude. We jumped the shark a long time ago. <laughs> like, I've looked at the listenership trends. I mean, we, we you know, <laughs> we still have, like, a lot more listeners than a lot of podcasts have but uh are we definitely peaked in 2019 like that was when we were doing our best i guess and that's when a lot of things were going better than they are right now i don't know that you should take that so personal that that is true that is very true 2020 uh people don't have to commute to work they don't need to listen to podcasts as much that is very true yeah because i have seen an upswing in 2021 but yeah 
But um, yeah, uh, Liz, thank you again for uh, filling in. And I hope um, I hope the same people who found your voice annoying on your podcast finds it annoying on our podcast. Yes, I hopefully the up talk made them want to die. And if that's true, I mean, join Mike. What can I say? Hope you're dead. Oh, damn. <laughs> but thanks for having me. All right, guys, until next time, until next, what, until next two weeks? I don't know. I got to find a shaman or something. I got to get Mike back. I got to bring him back from the break. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody pray real hard. <laughs> to whatever God you worship. Yeah, yeah. All right, bye. Bye. Oh, God. Man, um, that was, that was so good. Yeah, right? That was, that was like fucking A material right there. You put on your A. You 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 didn't tell me you were gonna bring your A game. I thought you only saved your A game for your podcast. <laughs>